0: Well, hello everyone, welcome to Bible Quest. This is the Tuesday edition where we talk with you about the Bible and its relevance for today every Tuesday at two. My name is Justin Doms, and uh, let me invite you to interact with us live. You can use the live chat on YouTube. We'll be watching that throughout our program today. But if you have other questions or comments, things you'd like to hear us discuss online, uh, please visit us at BibleQuest.tv. We wanna talk with you about the things that uh, you're interested in, concerning your journey to know the Lord, and his word so today uh we have with us david kipp david how you doing today
1: good good how you doing justin
0: uh doing well thank god running a little ragged but uh we're hanging in there um, okay. now now you uh just remind our our viewers here uh you are from the new jersey
1: area is that correct uh originally originally actually i grew up in michigan but yeah Primarily, I've been living, was living in New Jersey for the last almost 18 years before relocating to Wilmington, the Wilmington, North Carolina area.
0: Yeah, you've been in North Carolina, it was like forever since you have left and just yesterday, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you've got, you've got a son, uh, is he 18 yet?
1: He's 17, he'll be 18 in May.
0: 17, okay. Uh, I've got a 14-year-old son named Elijah and uh, son Noah and Elijah, uh, Elijah misses Noah a good bit, but um Glad you guys are doing well there. How is the work going there?
1: Work's going really well. I've uh, been busy with it. I uh, have a bunch of studies that I'm going, going on with people locally here that have uh, that are searching and seeking, which is really encouraging. Uh, getting to know the group still. Only been here since the, the end of August, still getting to know the group and, and trying to find ways that I can be encouraging and helpful towards them but they have been very encouraging, helpful towards me. So that's, you know, been, been really great. Communication has been really great, uh, between myself and the members, especially with the elders, that's extremely helpful. Uh, so, you know, and which, you know, ties in, I guess, to what we're talking about today in regards to communication, how important that is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about communication and specifically about how to transform our communication. Um, What we're really needing to do is think about the kind of life that we have now uh, in Christ. David, before we jump in, um, when you think about our lives that are transformed in Christ, are there some specific Bible passages that come to mind?
1: Well, certainly when we turn to, you know, we're talking about Ephesians uh, 4, we specifically go there. And one of the things that's talked about now, I think the whole entire chapter is addressing, addressing this. But, you know, what especially stands out is when you get into uh, verses starting in verse 17, Um, not saying that I don't want to go back to that and go back even, even further in the chapter, but there, you know, we're being told by Paul to say, he says, now this I say to you, say and testify in the Lord which belongs to your former manner of life and corrupt, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Yeah, and looking sure at it that, it's it's an interesting thing because you know he's 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 writing the Gentiles, so that the beginning of that sounds kind of kind of odd when he says, "I say to you, testifying Lord, that you must not no longer walk as the Gentiles." Right. And if I was to kind of make that into today is being an American and don't, don't be like the American, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very, just the idea of very selfish thinking and what's taught and within the culture and very mm. me focused. Yeah. In the way yeah. of thinking. Um, so, and I really think that's kind of what Paul is driving home is the message there is that this is very much the way Gentiles thought, very darkened life. Yeah. You're, you're, we're living in the light now. Um, so that idea of putting off the old self and putting on the new, that's that's yeah, where the first thought goes to.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's a helpful idea comparing this to America because we are informed by the world around us, just what is acceptable behavior, what mm-hmm. is normal behavior. And communication, I think is one of those things where if you've not seen godly communication, then we begin to sort of think it's normal to snap at each other or Mm. to get sarcastic digs in on each other or to ignore one another to stonewall one another uh, to allow conflicts just to kind of fester over time and then unload on each other in unforgiving ways and so if you're not familiar with the way that jesus communicates the way that god communicates with people then we just sort of get our way of communication from you know the gentile world i think of first peter four Mm-hmm. Uh, one example of this kind of transformed living, uh, very similar to what Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, verse 3, he says, the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. And he goes on talking about all these things that, that they themselves used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there comes a time where we have to examine the way that we live and say, that's enough, no more and we're gonna do this differently. So Ephesians 4 is full of this kind of language uh, about being transformed. Uh, Verse 22, there's an old self in Ephesians 4, 22, and then there's a new self in 24. And there in the middle of it, uh, there's the renewal of the spirit of our mind. So there's kind of a process that happens. So I think it's just so so important. Now, we wanna specifically transform communication. Ephesians 4 isn't just about communication, but someone shared this with me years ago, and there are some kind of rules of communication that I think are helpful here in Ephesians 4. Um, And there are kind of four rules that I I kind of want to walk through with you today to think about the way that we communicate. Uh, First of all, um, you mentioned church communication and elders. Um, Have you ever seen church communication kind of go sideways before?
1: Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I've I've been a part of groups where you know everybody has their thought, of what what they want, and they're driving home what they want as opposed to what God desires and what God wants from us. Um, it's kind of along the lines of what we were just some of the things we were just speaking about. So I've seen that, and it leads to a lot of dissension, and hateful things are said uh, in regards to it. And hatred breeds breeds dissension. Uh, think Proverbs. 1012 uh, refers to that, um, you know, and so that's, that's something that I've seen quite often. Um, what's great about having shepherds and leaders, you know, they are of the mindset of trying to equip the body as Ephesians four is talking about to build up, build them up into doing uh, the work to maintain the unity of the spirit. Uh, so yeah, I seen bo- I've seen both sides and it's it's difficult when you don't have good sound leadership uh, helping with that communication.
0: Yeah, just just uh, I think it was just last week, a brother called me and said, we were doing great. everything was going fine. All of a sudden we had a congregational meeting and things went sideways. Uh, you know, it, it was over nothing. and yeah. uh, uh, but nothing can become something very big quickly. So the way we communicate uh, in our churches, Certainly families function through listening and sharing with one another. Um, Marriages crumble or they prevail on the framework of communicating. And then how we rear our children, it depends largely on on how we communicate. Um, So so the way we communicate is really, really important and what we communicate is important. And certainly if we're gonna be mindful of the lost in this world, you know, how we communicate with the world around us is, is so important. So you you took us through 17 through 24, just looking at the um, the basis for this transformed living. Right. And um, one thing that I think is helpful, if you look at verse uh, 25, mm-hmm. the the way that we can tell if someone's been transformed or not, we can tell if we've been transformed or not. In verse 25, he says, "Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor." But we are members one of another. Um, so the question I was asked, I found it helpful. When do you know a liar is no longer a liar?
1: When do you know a liar is no longer a liar? I would, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think this ties in with it, maybe. And I'm not sure this is where you're going, but I would go back up to verse 15 rather speaking the truth and love is whether or not someone is speaking with love when they're speaking to you. Um, there's no, if we're speaking with love, that's going to be truth and will be void of false. Right.
0: Right. right, right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Um, someone can just stop lying for a time. Right. But just because somebody's not lying doesn't mean that they're now a truth teller. Um, And so the transformation is you used to bear this kind of fruit. Now you're bearing this kind of fruit. Or for instance, you look down at um, the thief in verse 28. When is a thief no longer a thief? Not just when he stops stealing, but when he actually starts giving. Mm -hmm. And so you you see this shift in his life. So anyway, getting to our four rules of communication, just want to set the stage for Ephesians 4 isn't just about communication. It's about transformed living. But if you were to kind of just look at communication, number one, you hit it on the head is I need to be honest. I've got to be honest. Uh, verse 25 says that back in verse 15, uh, speaking the truth in love. Um, how would you how would you help us think about the difference between speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love?
1: Well, I, I really think that one of the ways we do is what's our attitude, what's our tone? um how, how do we look when we're speaking uh to somebody uh what type of words we? i mean we can say things that have honesty in them but we could say them in such a way that turns people off um and there's a significant difference between that and when that happens you can might be speaking the truth but nobody's going to hear what you have to say so they're not going to hear the truth um and i and i've heard people communicate that well you know I just hold the truth. Um, if the truth itself offends people, and when I say the truth, we're talking about the word of God. The gospel if that the gospel. offends somebody, fun. I mean, we see that. John 6. I mean, we see people get completely offended by what Jesus is saying. He's saying truth. Right. He's he's not uh speaking it with a with animosity or or, or of any sort. Um, but it's I it. People still hurts. Are offended by it. Um, and that's one thing, but it's another thing. If our tone is what's turning people off and that often can, what happens, um, at times where people aren't hearing what we say because of how we're saying it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I
1: think that's a significant difference. And, and I,
0: th- I think you, you touched on something that's really important. Um, sometimes we may be afraid to offend people. Right. Uh, what I say is going to be, it's going to be inconvenient. Maybe, uh, it's going to ruffle people's feathers, um, but we've got to say it and, and we've got to be truthful. Another thing I've found is really easy to do is we hint at things or mm-hmm. we suggest things and then someone calls us on it and we'll say, oh, well, no, I actually never said that. Um, but we sort of <laughs> sort of left room for imagination. Um, this happens a lot with young people and dating. Uh, someone thinks that someone likes them and they start trying to, I don't know what it was like for you dating, but it's, you know, it's, you're trying to figure out all the cues and all of the uh, the signs and the flirtations, and that's just not the way of godly communication, right. uh, or we exaggerate. Uh, mm-hmm. We sort of inflate our pains to get sympathy or attract attention or to manipulate. Uh, and so the the godly way of communicating is to be, be honest, and it, honest in love and grace. Uh, John 1 comes to mind where Jesus is full of truth and grace. Right? Mm-hmm. Rose up. Rose Now, in 26 through 27, uh, do you want to read Ephesians 4, 26 through 27? We'll look at rule number two.
1: Yeah, sure. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil.
0: All right. Rule number two, keep current. Um, you've, you've got to stay on top of things that kind of get under your skin and things that get in the way of. Uh, communing, you know, communication is the idea of sharing. And so we need to share in ideas. We need to share in our relationships. And sometimes they're just things that kind of fester. Um, you ever heard the marriage advice? Don't go to bed angry.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and stay up and fight. You know, I was told <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily the approach that you want to take. Yeah,
0: I heard someone say, "Well, I've not gone to bed in 15 years." Yeah. <laughs> you know. um, which is terrible. Um, but but the idea is we just can't allow to let things hang on. Uh, now, not not every problem can be solved in 24 hours, um, and this is not instruction to just kind of give in so we get over it. Um, but just because not everything. It needs to be communicated. Should be communicated right now. Um, sometimes we we have to say, you know what? I'm I'm committed to working through this with you. I love you. I want to affirm my love for you. Let's get a good night's rest. Tomorrow we're going to get up, go to work, come back, and we'll we'll figure this out. But we've got to. We can't just say, oh, I'm just going to learn how to live with this person and not deal with the actual problems. We've got to deal with those issues.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting, you know, you talk about the, you know, the marriage relationship. Obviously, there's going to be times when you're angry with other people, you know, you're sleeping next to your wife. Um, you know, it's almost you got to work through. You kind of feel like you have to work through something before you put your head on the pillow in that case. But other times you're not going to have that opportunity to to speak to somebody um, and, and kind of set that uh, that stage for we'll continue to work through this. So what do you what are you to do? And I think here you have an opportunity to communicate specifically to God and go to, go to him in prayer and talk to God. It's an opportunity for us to communicate with him and even even sharing whatever the emotion is that, that you're dealing with. But then also asking, calling on him to, to help you work through this and to let go of that anger so that you can you know, have a good night. I, there's been times in the past where I'm tossing and turning in bed because I'm upset and angry about something. And then reminded, pray about it. And then very often, not saying this is always the case, it's going to work this way. But then often I can at least find some shut eye at that point. Once I just, you know what, I'm just going to go to God, talk to him, work through this these emotions that I'm having at this time. Um, and I think that's, that's something that's going to be very helpful for us in, that, in those specific situations. Oh, I don't hear you.
0: Sorry, I had it muted. Um, yeah, in, in all of our godly communication, we've got to have God in the picture. I think it's kind of what, what you're saying here. Um, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, I like the New Living Translation where it says in verse five, love keeps no record of being wronged.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um, and the idea here is that we're not going to be irritable or resentful. Um, I think sometimes we come to conflicts sort of with, with a lot of baggage. Um, and someone related it to me this way. It was almost like we have these these garbage bags full of every wrong. Like mm. if you and I have a conflict, and you just finally said the thing that burst the seams of my garbage bag, I come in and I dump all this on the table. And I'm like, would you just look at this mess? And you're like, where Where did all that come from? I was like, yeah. Well, just you know, just look at it. And we just had one problem, but I've been holding on to all these other irritants. Yeah. When instead I should have gone to you. And talk through those things. It's okay to be angry, but not to allow that anger to get covered up where it just boils over eventually and causes causes strife and causes sin.
1: Yeah, it's, it's in those situations that you describe. Often it's not. You know, there might be you know the the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back in that moment. And then yeah, you said we unload on all all these things that we've been holding on to and we're we begin projecting onto the it has nothing to do with whatever the disagreement is about it's not even about that anymore right. so we've harbored this anger towards someone and if we're harboring in in you know this anger i mean that's you know we're having hatred towards
0: right, right. so much yeah yeah, and it becomes fertile ground for Satan to plant seeds of animosity, and that's, that's what he's getting at in verse twenty-seven. Give yep. no opportunity to the devil. Yep. We ought to have these these well-oiled relationships. Um, in Matthew five, verses twenty-three through twenty-four, Jesus talks about um, you know not being angry with your brother. Uh, Matthew eighteen, verse fifteen. I need, I need to go to my brother, even leaving my sacrifice at the altar in order to be reconciled with my brother. Uh, I've got to keep current in these relationships and keeping current on forgiveness, too. Um, we won't take the time to read it today, but 2 Corinthians 2, uh, in mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians, mm-hmm. Paul was dealing with a lot of needs uh, for the church to be disciplined. And whether it would be shoring up their own attitudes or even uh, disfellowshipping
1: mm-hmm. from
0: a sinful brother. And in 1 Corinthians 5, they disfellowship from a brother.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: In 2 Corinthians 2, someone's repented. And so Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2 verses 5 and following that they need to affirm their love for him. Uh, So we can't leave people in doubt about where our relationship is. We've got to keep things, keep things moving. Anything else you wanted to point out through verse 27 of Ephesians
1: 4? Nope. No.
0: All right. And then uh, let's look at 28 and 29. He says, let the thief no longer steal. Rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. He may, Have something to share with anyone in need. Again, this transformed life. We're just narrowing in on uh, communication. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So rule number three, build up. Uh, Attack the problem, not the person. Uh, Whatever I'm doing needs to be for the good. Of this other person. Sometimes we just kind of want to vent or we want to uh, lash out because we've sort of earned it by being hurt ourselves in the past. But words are really powerful and they can be hurtful. Uh, Proverbs 18, uh, verse 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Um, you ever heard the phrase uh, sticks and stones?
1: Yeah, yeah, they say the words hurt more.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah that's that's words words will never hurt me that's uh that's you know that's something they you know it's taught to to kids when they're little to you know to try not to be offended by things but words do hurt words hurt a lot yeah, um, yeah. especially you know and, and oftentimes those things are said to the people that are closest to us um all, you know mo- most sin that and that's when it occurred it's, it occurs with people close to us and we need to be trying in the he's encouraging here is this idea within the body and you know we need to be doing these very things to to build one another up so that we can yeah. attain that so we can it, continue to have unity
0: yeah i think it's helpful because if i'm going to build someone up i need to know what god's wanting to build in this person yeah so all of my communication needs to go toward this effort, uh, mm-hmm. asking the question, you know, what is it that God wants for this person? What was his intention in their lives? And then my job is to join in. And so if we've got a conflict, I've got to set my passions aside and say, what is God passionate about in this person? Uh, Proverbs 19 verse 11, it says, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it says glory to overlook an offense. So I've, I've got to, not just react uh, to this situation, attack the person, uh, but I've got to be purposeful about building them up, being willing to overlook a hurt, uh, not blowing up. Um, and that kind of connects with our next point here, uh, rule number four, really closely related to rule number three. But in verse 31 through 32, do you want to read those two verses? Yeah.
1: yeah. 30, 32, 33? Uh, uh, yeah. We get to, OK. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the days of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. All right, so
0: rule number four, purpose, grace. Um, In other words, I'm not just going to react to the way this other person communicates. I'm going to choose to act on the principle uh, that God has given me. Um, I'm going to choose to be kind. Why? Because, well, in verse 32, God's been kind to me. Yeah. Um, in all of our communication, if, if I'm just sort of getting my bearings off this other person, um, some of the some of the marriage counseling that I've done, um, we've compared it to, um, you know, these, this husband and wife, and they're at each other. Uh, and they're waiting for the other person to change, <laughs> waiting for the other person to get their problems figured out. I so, said, you know, as long as you're getting your bearings off the other person, you're like two ships who are lost in the ocean. None of you know where shore is. None of you know where north is. Like you're just just circling around in the storm. You you've got to find solid ground. So if we choose to react to each other, we're just furthering the problems. Godly communication says, I'm going to choose to respond to what God has done and act in your best interest um, so those four rules i found are just really super helpful uh, in the way that we communicate
1: yeah and i, and I you know going back to, to verse 30 in this idea of you know, grieving the holy spirit and you know this kind of recounts what is said in isaiah 63 7-9 through 9 which, you know, is recounting the, the goodness that God has done, the deliverance that he has has done for you and the need to be kind and gracious. And then we have verse 10, which says that, you know, they rebelled and their their fall from grace. And, you know, here it is. These are the these are the very things that reject what God has done. We are just talking, really thinking about what it is that God is, how gracious and good he has been to you. Now we want to dispense that to, to others in in the way we communicate. Um, So,
0: yeah, I think a lot of times in our communication, I'm just trying to, uh, if I'm led by the flesh that I'm just trying to get my point across, I'm trying to be heard myself. I'm trying to get what I want out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead, if we look to see what it is that God wants, what the spirit wants, um, you know, he has desires himself. And I am grieving him if I use use any conversation for my own selfish purposes. So in marriages and family and raising our kids and the way we communicate in church, where we communicate at work, uh, all of that uh, should look different than the way the world communicates. So those, those are kind of the four rules of communication that I've seen here in Ephesians 4. Uh, I think about this a lot. Um, in fact, as we've been sitting here, I'm, I'm thinking through different relationships. I'm wondering, maybe I'm not keeping current in <laughs> some of these relationships that I have. Uh, I've got some work to do. Um, it, you know, any other basic principles uh, the Bible teaches on communication you'd want to throw out here before we wrap up today?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, we it kind of ties in with a, with a lot of what, what we said. Um, you know, we want our Colossians 4, 6, this is always let our, your speech be gracious you know, let, let your speech be a gift to people. I mean, that's really the, the, the idea that's there, that, you know, we've received the gift and so <laughs> deliver a gift to, to others. Um, you know, we know that we, we've, you know, how much is said about the, the danger of the tongue. I mean, James gets into a, a lot of that idea uh, and sets things on fire um, and how dangerous it is. So we really have to, to think through the things that we're going to say and what not say. And this, maybe sometimes we don't think about that enough is part of good communication is sometimes just not saying anything.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, and especially when you're in those heated moments, um, you know, they're going back to the idea of uh, being angry and not sinning. So sometimes it's just hit hit that pause button and just don't say anything. So sometimes the, I'm not going to say the lack of communication necessarily, but just having a moment and not saying anything is actually helps to have better communication in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of Proverbs 10 mm-hmm. verse, uh, verse 19, uh, where words are many transgression is not lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I think about the kind of work that you and I do where we, uh, we make it our business to speak yeah. and think, boy, we're setting ourselves up for a lot of trouble here. Um, But it's interesting. The next verse, Proverbs ten verse twenty, it says, "The tongue of the righteous is choice silver." Uh, And so, you know, let your words be worth something. And like you said in Colossians four, I love that idea. Make your make your communication a gift to someone. So, I think a lot of times I'm better off just not saying anything, and then choosing your moments. You know, those apples of gold and settings of silver. you know, let, 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 your words be attractive and, and to the point, um, uh, very helpful. Good.
1: Yeah. And also just, you know, stay, staying, in Ephesians chapter four, you know, and we're again, like before we get into all, even getting to speaking the truth and love, um, you know, going all the way back up to, uh, verse 11 and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son our God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. These, these different positions, these these different individuals that have been given this to do, they're going to do it through speech, through communication. Right. speaking to one another and then that again tying into the idea of you know you know speaking the truth and love so i mean just looking at that and how important that is to, to build people up to the point where you know we deal with younger people i mean obviously we have our own families and our own children and in having young people hear what we have to say we really want to you know Communicate God's word. We've been entrusted with God's word, and that's what we need to be sure that we're speaking, speaking the truth in yeah. love, mm. so that you know, so they are not being tossed to and fro by the waves, carried by every wind. Of the things that are going to tickle the ears and make sound good to them, and they're just going to, and then they're going to be going back and forth, and, and all the things of that nature. What's so important for us? We've been entrusted to speak these very things. They're not aren't what. We think, but it's what God has revealed through His Word to us through the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. you know that's something I have to constantly remind myself about to build people up so that they can be the tree Psalm One is talking about, you know, yeah. firm, yeah. firm in the, it, f- f- firmly planted in the ground by the living water.
0: Yeah, that no, that's so so right. It's, it's not just about being honest uh, with what I think or what I feel but what's more important than what I think or feel is what God says. Right. Um, um, the phrase, you know, my truth, uh, okay, there's very little weight, but God's truth, um, thinking about people who are who are grieving, uh, people who are hurting and uh, lost a loved one, or they're, <clears throat> they're going through some kind of betrayal or wh- whatever it looks like, the best way we can comfort them is by r- reminding them of the promises and justice of God. And, uh, you know, maybe we're on the wrong side of that. And so this grief is an opportunity for me to repent and turn to God. And I can say that in a gracious way. Um, but the comfort that we're going to be receiving is just best founded in in God's truth. Uh, Absolutely. Excellent reminder. Good. And I'm,
1: gonna, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go right ahead. No. So I just I just keep coming back to verse 15. In Ephesians 4 speaking, speaking the truth and love, and just really recognizing that is going to be the catalyst for growth you know, just mm-hmm. the thing that stimulates and spurs how you know, however, you want to say that, uh, growth in, in the body of Christ. I mean, yeah. really, the truth and love. I mean, that just really pops out. It's one of those things in my Bible I have underlined, highlighted, you know, bells on it, stars. You know, things like that, just to to remember that how important that is for us to to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I I think that gets back to the reason we have these kinds of rules, Mm -hmm. if you will. Now, now Paul didn't put them down as rules and sort of, you know, trying to boil that down a little bit for us. But the reason all this is there is because of that transformed life. Uh, And the reason we need this transformed way of living is because of God's purpose through his church. you Back all the way in chapter 1, uh, if you look at verse you know, 18, uh, Paul was praying that these Christians would have the eyes of their hearts enlightened, that they would know the hope to which God had called them, and know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Hmm. Back it up to 11 and 12. What's that inheritance? In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And then verses five and six, and we're just backing this up. The idea that he predestined us for adoption as sons. Mm-hmm. So this was the purpose of his will. This was to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us and the beloved. The idea is that that we're God's children and, and we're meant to give our Father glory. People would look at the way we live, the way that we communicate, and say, Wow, that's different. And that's mm. kind, and it's it's courageous. And and how how do I learn how to communicate like that? Well, it's more than that. Is how do you learn Jesus? You know, how yeah. do you learn about about the Lord and and learn to follow God, and then find something of His grace, and He make you His own child. Mm. Um, that that's really what all this is about. So the way we communicate becomes almost this uh, advertising scheme for the grace of God, so that people would see it and be in awe of God's wisdom and want some of it. So, any closing thoughts before we wrap up here for the
1: day? Yeah, and just just kind of echoing that last statement you made, it just my my mind immediately went to to Romans twelve uh, verses one one through mm. two. Uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship or your reasonable worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, accept, good and acceptable and perfect. So, you know, by Romans, there's a really like this. This is what it is, you know. Uh, this this is the this is the doctrine of Christ. This is what it is to be in Christ, and then from there on is and this is what you're going to do with it, right? We need to we need to really know Christ, and then live as Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it it is a transformation. Um, you yeah. you ever seen? Um, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, the movie Bugs Life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, I just Heimlich. came
1: up. Are you going to talk about the butterfly? Yes. It just came <laughs> up today. In an earlier discussion with my kids in a Bible study. Ironically. Yeah. Know so much. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Because yeah. You know, yeah. that word in Romans twelve about being transformed is the word metamorphosis. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know Heimlich, who wants to be a beautiful butterfly, goes into his cocoon. Yeah. And he comes out, and it looks like they've just sort of like pasted some wings onto him. And I think sometimes we think, well, if I can just sort of put on a little Jesus and put on a little bit of you know these new behaviors, you know, it it is a much harder work than that. Uh, but it's also much easier because we get to submit everything. We're just yeah. we're, we're we're scrapping the whole thing. We're we're saying, you know what, every part of my life is now turned over to God, and I need to be totally transformed. Yeah. Um, and so speech is just one. One aspect
1: of yeah. that. So, I, and I would just, yeah. The last thing I would just say is, you know, how Paul begins chapter four um, about the walking in a worthy manner, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another in love. I mean, that's that's really the the idea of how we're to communicate with people. You know, think of them greater than us. Not a yeah. not a fifty fifty thing. They're greater than us. Speaking the truth in love. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If I were to treat people as more important than myself, my communication yep. would be different. That's great. Well, yep. that concludes our discussion for today. Uh, David, thanks for being on with us. And uh, for all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you found this study of God's word helpful today, please share it with others. And again, if you have thoughts or questions you'd like to share requests for future studies and discussions, you can visit our website at BibleQuest.tv. Thanks for joining in. God be with you. And if he's willing, uh, we'll see you next week. All right, David.